If the New Orleans Saints want to get their win against the Houston Texans this weekend, well, watching some San Francisco 49ers tape might actually be one of their best courses of preparation. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, Take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more. You can head over and become a Locked on Saints insider by jo- by heading to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the Media Saints News Network, Tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, as well as all of our crossover Thursday episodes across the NFL channel here are brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Visit prizepicks.com slash Locked on NFL. Use the promo code Locked on NFL as well to get a first deposit match up to $100, the easiest and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. On this live episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at some good and bad injury news for the New Orleans Saints as we always wrap up our live shows in the evening. We're looking at how discipline leads to dominance. And this really goes for the New Orleans Saints defense, but applies to their offense as well if they can get the discipline part of it all down. And to kick off today's show, I want to talk about what it is that's going to limit or stifle a CJ Stroud. So these are all big topics for today's show. So buckle in because we're going to go full length in today's show. We're not going to worry about doing our usual, you know, um, you know, 15 to 20 minute thing where I inherently always go into 25 minutes or so. We're going to do a full episode today because there's a lot of this sort of intricacy to look at. It's going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek at tomorrow's Jackson 5 and a game plan episode, which will premiere Friday morning as well. So big shout out to everybody that's here live, whether you're catching it live or you're catching it later. Carla, Kathleen, DJ, Vibes, Iron, Yella, Ro, GD, I see y'all, Sam, Yella, I appreciate y'all very much for being here, Marcus and Kendall as well. So as we look at the Houston Texans, right, and I think a lot of people will kind of do the same thing, right? Oh, it's, it's the Houston Texans. Um, what you have to look at right now is how the Houston Texans have changed. So when you're preparing for the Texans with CJ Shroud, you're not preparing for Davis Mills Texans from last year. You're kind of preparing for this next sort of branch of the Kyle Shanahan offense, the San Francisco 49ers offense. So if you're the New Orleans Saints and you're preparing for the Houston Texans, you might benefit a little bit by understanding what the Shanahan system is and how it ends up impacting players. So I want to talk about two key tenets in the Shanahan offense and why you'll see them as big things to be ready for when going up against the Houston Texans, even though that might not necessarily be the way that you think about it. So when we look at what it is that the Shanahan offense, and here's why I say the Shanahan offense when it comes to the the Houston Texans, Bobby Slowick, who is the um, Houston Texans offensive coordinator and play caller, he is 
a right-hand man, former right-hand man of Kyle Shanahan. Think Mike McDaniel, what he's doing over with the Dolphins, and maybe like a to a lesser degree, that's who, who Bobby Slowick is. But there's still that Shanahan tree that is now expanded to Houston. So you have to kind of understand like what is the best part, best version of this offense, which is what's happening in San Francisco, and preparing for the best possible version of the offense kind of helps you mitigate all the other things that, that end up being a part of it. Then you look at some of the intricacies and the nuances of what CJ Shroud and Bobby Slowick end up bringing. So two key tenets to the Shanahan offense are play action and crossing routes, right? Now there's so much more in terms of like the Debo Samuel of it all and all that. Houston doesn't have that part of it just yet. They're, they're going to find that player. They're going to eventually have that as a part of their offense as long as Bobby Slowick sticks around and as long as that D'Amico Ryan's 49ers like you know, trend continues to happen in Houston, they'll eventually have that player. They don't have that player right now. So when you're looking at what do you prepare for when it comes to Houston Texans, you're looking at preparing for the play action and you're preparing for the crossing routes. So let me give you a little bit of an example. If we look at how often the Houston Texans have run uh, play action dropbacks so far this season and then compare them to San Francisco, it's literally, from a percentage perspective, the exact same. Let me know if you catch that right. Uh, 23.2% for the Houston Texans, 23.2% for the San Francisco 49ers. In case you're wondering where Derek Carr is in that, 13.2% of his, his dropbacks have been uh, play action passes, just 22 of them. Um, so has CJ Stroud been super benefit, you know, super, um, you know, efficient when it comes to play action passes? Actually, no. Uh, only completing 55% of those passes for 304 yards and a single touchdown, but no interceptions. Uh, CJ Stroud has yet to throw an interception, so the Saints could change that in this game. So if you're Bobby Slowick, a first-time offensive coordinator, you're going to want to play the songs that you know, right? We've heard this from the New Orleans Saints over and over again. Play the songs that you know. Play action will be a big part of that, and then the crossing routes will be a big part of that. So if you're Dennis Allen, a long-time, experienced very good, bright-minded defensive coach who is also the defensive play caller, the chess match between Dennis Allen and Bobby Slowick could decide this game. So if you're the New Orleans Saints, you want to prepare for the best version of what Houston wants to be, which is San Francisco. So you look at the um, you look at the play action usage, you look at the crossing usage, and then what do you need to do? Take away the middle of the field. Look at CJ Stroud right now, who is the second most efficient passer between the numbers, right? In the middle of the field in the entire NFL behind only Brock Purdy. Funny, that should be the case, right? But then you look outside the numbers when he's forced to attack the perimeter, he's one of the least efficient quarterbacks in terms of EPA per play when targeting outside of the numbers. Big shout out to Warren Sharp and Sharp Football Analysis, Sharp Football Stats for that at Sharp Football on your favorite social media. So when you look at where you want to, what you want to take away from CJ Stroud, it's the middle of the field. You want to take that out of the game, right? And so a guy like Tyron Matthew, who can hunt, play a little bit of that robber, play a little bit of that rat in the middle of the field to take some of that stuff away. Marcus May, who could play as the post player or single high safety and take away the deep shots in the middle of the field, which CJ Stroud is not a deep shot quarterback so far. He's got the arm though. And if you give him the opportunity, he'll certainly take it. <laughs> he'll certainly take it while it's there. And he'll probably make you pay for it. So you have to take away both of those elements of the field. So if you're able to look at guys like Demario Davis, Pete Werner, Tyron Matthew, and now the return of Marcus May, they become integral to the New Orleans Saints' ability to win this game based on their ability to take away the middle of the field, force CJ Stroud to pass where he's not comfortable. 
And then the defensive line, speeding up the clock, slowing down the clock in some cases, things like that, force him to prepare for a lot of different things. So what you want, especially with the amount of play action, is when he snaps the ball, one look, right? One look for your defense. Maybe it's a two high look. Maybe it's a single high look, whatever. One look when he snaps the ball. When he goes back and he does the play action and he ducks his head to sell the play action, and then he comes back up, new look completely different. Make him read the field and hold on to the football. If you can do that, then you can disrupt the timing. You can disrupt what the offense wants to do. You can take away those crossing routes over the middle of the field by showing them, hey, the middle of the field's all yours pre-snap. But then when he snaps the ball, goes under for that uh, for that play action, and then comes back up, you show him, psych, <laughs> just playing. You can't have the middle of the field at all. We're taking it away. Then he's got to make a different choice. And then because of what that early read offense. I'm not going to call it a first read offense, but that early read offense where you make one read, if it's not there, you go somewhere else, or you make one read, if it's there, you take it. If you can force him into the third level of that progression, it's going to make him uncomfortable. You have to jam receivers at the line of scrimmage, take away the middle of the field, and show him different things, make him recalculate after the snap. If you're able to do that, then the New Orleans Saints should be able to win this game. So that's why I say, study what the San Francisco 49ers are doing on offense Learn how to take that away, and then you can take away this Houston Texans sort of lesser version of that offense as well. CJ Stroud, though, very, very good. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at how discipline leads to dominance on both sides of the football. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is easily the most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. The only way that I enjoy doing it. You can win up to 25 times your entry by simply picking two to six players and choosing whether or not they're going to come out at more or less than their Prize Picks projections. Will Alvin Kamara rush for more than 63 and a half rushing yards? You pick more, you pick less, you get it right, you win money. It's that simple. None of this drafting every day, none of this going up against the spreadsheet wizards or the sharks or anything like that. You're not competing for some slice of a large pot of money against thousands of people. No, it's you versus the house. You win, then you win. And they even go all the way down to Apple uh, Apple Pay deposits so that you can easily withdraw and get your money with ease. Gotta love it. So go ahead and check them out today prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code and all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match. Once again, that's a first deposit match up to $100 over at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to everybody here catching the show live or later. Very much appreciate you all being here and for catching the show. Devontae says, that they catch the show every single day on the way to work. You gotta love that and made it for a live episode. Got to love it. Appreciate everybody for being here. All right, let's take a look at the New Orleans Saints and why discipline leads to dominance. So I wanna continue with the defense here if you entertain me for that for a moment. Uh, we talked about you know getting used to kind of what the 
upper echelon version of the Houston Texans offense, what they are thriving to be and learning how to take that away. A, a big part of this too is that when you get caught showing, doing what you're showing, right? So we're talking about disguise, right? To where you do something that you don't show. But when you're in a situation to where you have to do something that you do show, so you show a too high look, then you give a too high look, you don't rotate anything like that. And if CJ Shroud's able to identify that, then that's where everything comes down to technique, right? That's where discipline comes in. I discipline in particular, don't give, you know, don't get distracted by all of this motion, all these things that they do. Let me see if I can get motion numbers for you for the Houston Texans while we're, while we're talking here. Uh, but I do think that you have to have a level of discipline just in case, right? Because there's the, oh, if this happens, then that happens element of it, the hypothetical of where you know, everything works, everything's roses and rainbows, and you got to love it. Um, that's always nice. Uh, but you can't expect that that's always going to be the case. So instead, you instead have to be ready for, okay, what happens if you know, we do get caught in a look against a bad, you know, in a bad look for that specific deployment or that specific play call and stuff like that. So if you're the Saints, that's where discipline really, really, really comes in big time. So you have to be able to be disciplined over on the backside of that defense. And so eye discipline is a big part of it. Lane discipline on the special team side of it is big as well. You also have to be ready for uh, things like, you know, um, uh, gap integrity in terms of your ability to watch and take away the run game, which is going to be big in this one. You want to not be fooled by play action. Taking away the run game is a really, really good way to go about that. So you have to be kind of ready for all of those, all of those pieces. The uh, Houston Texans right now, according to my numbers, run, uh, play, uh, run, um, not play action, sorry, run motion. That's the word that we're looking for here. Uh, quite a bit. I mean, in the last, over the last 50 plays that they've run, it's been 50% basically. So let's look at all of the offensive plays that they've run so far this season and then look at motion. They use motion 45% of the time. That includes sometimes where maybe you have, you know, an offensive penalty and a play that technically doesn't count or like a no play and stuff like that. So it's, it's incorporating everything in terms of what the, um, the play calls have been so far. So you know that it's been a lot of motion. So you have to be ready for the eye discipline. You have to maintain all of that. On the offensive side of the football, discipline comes into effect when you're trying to eliminate penalties, right? Particularly pre-snap penalties. Look, the Saints incorporated some new styles of motion, right? Some, some motion that they haven't used before uh, this season and really rarely used at all last season. And as a part of that, they also jumped, jumped the gun a couple of times. You had a false start on the offensive line, two on wide receivers, and then one on a tight end as well. And that's those are kind of the things that come with adding something new to your offense. And so it's not a bad enough thing to keep you from adding it, right? Like the Saints didn't necessarily tick up their overall motion percentage last week based upon what they, or, or relative to what they've done for the rest of the season, but they use different types of motion, use it for different situations, use it to complement other looks, things like that. So the discipline comes down to knowing that those things are going to be incorporated in your offense and not doing the things that make it of a detriment to you and instead doing the things that allow it to be a benefit to you. So even though you're doing some new things, got to be ready. So that becomes a, the next piece of all this to where you're looking at, okay, discipline is the thing that establishes that dominance. Think about it. If the Saints didn't have a couple of penalties last week in key situations, that might not have put them in situations where they weren't able to capitalize on good field position and settle for field goals instead of touchdowns. You could be looking at this team instead of scoring six points on those could have been an additional 14 points. So it would have been a difference of what? Uh, seven, it'd been a difference of eight points. So we're talking about like a 42 point game as opposed to a 34 point game. 
or something like that. So I, I think that that's the next thing that you look at is where have the saints still found ways to lack a little bit of discipline, right? And how do you fix that? And I think some of that can be, although drops aren't necessarily always a discipline thing, you think about the, the Chris Olave drop in the end zone, the thing that Alvin Kamara came out at the end of the game and said, Chris owes me one, this player owes me one, that player owes me one, this player owes me a, a, a play instead of a false start, this player owes me a play instead of a false start, like that leadership that Alvin Kamara showed to where it's like, yeah, we just shut somebody out 34 to zero, but there's stuff to fix here. And so being able to come out and kind of have that conversation, that comes down to discipline. And that's the difference between a very comfortable win and a dominant win right? A dominant win. And it's hard to not call a 34 to zero victory a dominant win, but you kind of can't knowing that there were some things that you left out on the field. Like you can't do, you can't, what I mean by you can't do it is that you can't call it a dominant win and then expect to progress, right? You have to find the things that were wrong and then look to fix those things. That way you can continue to develop as an offense. And you have to understand that you're playing against a not so great team with the New England Patriots, but still good things to take away from all of that. So when I look at the difference between good and dominant or good and elite or good and great, you start to look at those details. And a lot of the details come down to discipline. Can you remain disciplined on the offense, on the defensive side, despite all of the interesting things that Houston's going to throw at you and show you and do all, you know, the play action and the motion and all these other things, the, the post-snap motion where not only does somebody maybe, um, you know, motion across behind the line of scrimmage. But in, or before the snap behind the line of scrimmage, but you might snap the ball and then somebody comes behind the line of scrimmage, behind the formation as a part of their post-snap motion and making changes and things like that that way. So there's a lot of different things that this Houston Texans offense is going to show you that a very, very experienced and a very, very good New Orleans Saints defense has to be ready for and has to remain disciplined against. If they can do that, then there should be nothing getting in their way to win this game this weekend. On the offensive side, if they can produce, and if they can move the ball comfortably, establish the run, do the things that, they're, that you expect them to do as, as an offense, but then maintain the discipline of not shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and things like that. The discipline of penalties goes to the defensive side as well, hands to the face penalties, pass interference penalties, holding penalties on the defensive side, all of these things, those things all have to get cleaned up as well. So I do think that that becomes a big part of it. And I like what Hayden says here. I think that speed will have uh, a big, uh, or, or I think he means Shahid, but sorry, I misunderstood what Hayden was going with here. But but I do want to I do want to build on that, that Rashid Shahid will play a big role in this game, will have a big game. But speed, which is like kind of Rashid Shahid's thing, right, has a humongous impact on this game. That, that Houston Texans defense flies all over the place. They're a very fast defense. They're a very aggressive defense. So they could be the one that you could tip over on the discipline side and make them operate fast, make them operate quickly, make them operate with a lot of speed, but make them be undisciplined in that way. So you can take advantage of maybe that aggressiveness. And then at the same time, you have to operate fast on your side if you're the New Orleans Saints offense in order to be able to uh, counter that as well. So, so I do think to Hayden's point, Rashid Shahid can be a very big part of this game because he matches the element that you know Houston brings on the defensive side, which is speed. And if he can bring that in droves, that should go a long way for the New Orleans Saints. I love, I love that people call him speed instead of Shahid. I'm a big fan of that. All right, coming up next, um, good and bad injury news for the New Orleans Saints. Should you be concerned? Well, one key player in particular, nothing to be worried about. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is awesome. If you're somebody like me, you like to be prepared for all the weird situations in life that can come about, well, Jace Medical is there for you. They have a Jace case is what they call it, and I absolutely love it. You can add it to your emergency preparedness kit. Five different antibiotics that help you fight 50 plus infections as well, so that if your doctor's out of town or if you can't get out or if you whatever it might be, right, that you need to end up resorting to you know, what you have at home, you want to have this at home. That way you've got something comfortable to resort to and something that can really, really help you out. Or if you're just dealing with some pain sometime and you ain't got the time to go to the doctor, hey, you got this to get you to help you out and kind of bridge that gap to get you to the next day and all that good stuff. So I highly recommend checking out Jace Medical. You can find um, the Jace case there at jacemedical.com. But let me help you out a little bit because I'm going to help you save $20 ruse on getting that Jace case. All you have to do is head over to jacemedical.com. When you purchase your Jace case, use the promo code locked on. Uh, you want to use locked on, just locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Wanted to make sure it wasn't locked on NFL. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout on jacemedical.com. Once again, that's $20 off with the promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Look at the injury report. There was some bad news on the injury report today. Not horrific, but still bad, right? Not so good. Uh, but there was also good news on the injury report today, including one of the most important players going into this week's matchup. So let's take a look at that. Appreciate all the everydayers being out here, uh, checking out today's episode live or later. Appreciate you very much for being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. Put a lot of podcast network, your team every day. So let's take a look at the New Orleans Saints injury report. So look, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot here, right? A lot of names. The DNPs are consistent from yesterday. No one has upgraded uh, from DNP to, to practicing. DNP meaning not participating in practice. So Juwan Johnson, the tight end, safety Lonnie Johnson, fullback Adam Prentice, safety JT Gray, tackle Landon Young, all not participating in practice again on Thursday. So at this point, they're not trending in the right direction. Now, one of them could move from DNP to limited tomorrow and then maybe be questionable, but still would be a long shot that they end up playing um, in Houston this weekend. So I would consider all of those players long shots at this point. We'll see if they make any progress. Now, I will say that guys like Juwan, guys like Lonnie, I could see the Saints being very cautious with and everything like that. Like Juwan's a guy that you really want at his peak toward the end of the season and then really getting going just like he did last year. Lonnie Johnson Jr., you're getting Marcus May back. So he's really a guy that comes in and maybe helps you on special teams. But I would expect to see maybe Daniel Sorensen again elevated so that he can do some of the special team stuff and all that. You can't elevate uh, Jonathan Abram. He's already been elevated three times. So you have to kind of wait and figure out what you're going to do there. Um, Cam Jordan, again, limited with a back injury. I don't know that that's very, uh, a very big deal, but something to keep an eye out on going into tomorrow, Friday's practice. Uh, good news, though, comes from Chris Olave and James Hurst, both of which were limited with toe and foot injuries, respectively. Now they are full participants in practice. That's huge. And we talked earlier about the impact of speed in this game. And a guy like Chris Olave, just like Rashid Shahid, offers you that extra layer, that extra level. So when I look at good news, I'm looking at Chris Olave being good to go. In case you're wondering, and in case you missed it, when it came to Chris Olave, the reason why he was listed on the injury report was with a toe injury was because before the game on Sunday against the New England Patriots, something happened with a toe uh, on his right foot, if I remember correctly, 
And because of that, they like worked him out before the game, made sure that it was checked on during warmups and all that. And then he played through the game and looked fine all throughout the game. He looked great in practice today, like looked like he was moving around comfortably, no issues from what I could tell from my very uneducated eye in terms of, you know, medical stuff, uh, but all look good in terms of all that. So I do uh, expect that Chris Olave will be good to go uh, and probably will have a big game here. It's an interesting question here from Rich who asked, uh, do I think, oh, sorry, actually it was from uh, Nola Gang who asked, um, um, you know, will Michael Thomas, is this going to be the game that Michael Thomas breaks out? I don't think so. I think Michael Thomas, four or five catches, 50 to 60 yards, like that's going to be what he does. And if he does that all season long, that's over 80 catches, that's over, you know, 900 yards, like he would be very happy with that. And I think that that's kind of the role that you expect Michael Thomas to have to just be this enforcer over the middle that can help you move the chains. Chris Olave, though, he's had two quieter games these past two. So I would not be surprised to see him go for over 100 in this one. Uh, somebody asked if I think that the uh, toe injury is why Chris Olave has been kind of hindered these last couple of weeks, maybe last week, but the week before that was a game to where like that, that offense just did not click at all. And the toe injury didn't seem to be present during that game or at all the week going into New England, whatever happened with that toe happened before the New England game, like right before the New England game, or maybe in the walkthrough on Saturday or something like that. But it was more relative to the New England game than it was the Tampa game. The Tampa Bay game, the offense was just horrible. Like it was just bad. And so I think that that's really what contributed to his six targets, but one catch and four, like timing was off. Players were running in the same area of the field. The play calling didn't make much sense, all of these other things. So I think that that's more so what that was. And then last week, like he could have had, you know, a, a huge catch for a touchdown that would have made his numbers look very, like vastly different than what you saw against New England and just couldn't come up with that catch. That would have changed the entire narrative about what his game looked like. So maybe there was some hindrance in that, in that game against New England, but not necessarily enough that I would be concerned going into this game against Houston. I think this is about to be a big game loading for Chris Olave. One of the things that's going to be really interesting to watch in this game is going to be how the Saints handle not having Adam Prentice if he's not able to go. Um, Adam Prentice, DNP, both days over the course of this week so far, Wednesday and Thursday. So the name that I would watch out for, the two names, like my, if, if you would ask me to like go and grab, you know, my crystal ball, do my witchcraft, and my voodoo and pick out like who's going to be the two players elevated from the practice squad this week. My 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 choices are easy. Um, Daniel Sorensen to come in and help do the special teams thing that Lonnie Johnson Jr., Jonathan Abrams have been doing are not probably going to be able to do this week. Um, and then J.P. Holtz, the tight end that they just brought back to the practice squad, saw him in the locker room today, said, hi, welcome back to the city of New Orleans. He's very excited to be back. Um, J.P. is somebody that can play tight end and is a a really solid blocker for you as well, but can also be deployed out of the backfield as an H back or as a fullback. So I think that that's the guy that you look for. He's going to be wearing number 84 right now because 86 is currently taken. That's usually the number that he's been wearing. But I think that that's where you're going to see, um, that's where you're going to see them find their production at fullback, get that lead blocker and all that. And then of course you got Taysom too. Like Taysom can do that as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see two, both of them mixed in. But if I had to predict you know, who's going to be the, the two, you know, standard elevations for this game from the practice squad, uh, Daniel Sorensen and JP Holtz are, are my, my guys when it comes to that. So that's kind of what, what I'm expecting. And look, Adam Prentice is at a rough couple of weeks, right? He had the, the drop pass, uh, that he couldn't come up with on the, the scramble by, uh, Derek Carr. He had the fumble against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
something happened last week that I can't remember, but it wasn't great for him. I think it was another drop pass. You know, it, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the guy. So getting JP Holtz out there and letting him kind of like take over for a second probably will help everybody to just kind of like settle in and be ready to go the next week if he's healthy. So, so I think that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. Um, all right. And then the next big thing that you're watching for is, are the Saints going to make a change at left tackle? Uh, will James Hurst be at left tackle for this game with Andrew Speed in at left guard? That has been the talk of the town here recently. We're going to see, uh, we might get a better idea tomorrow when we talk to DA and see exactly which way they want to go with all of that. But uh, you know, that's going to be a big, big piece to watch going into, uh, going into this game for sure. Uh, I know that a lot of people are, are curious about moving Trevor Penning to guard. I don't think that that helps him, right? Like, oh, here, go do this thing you've literally never done in your entire life. I don't think that that makes him any better. So uh, I, I think if you end up making that switch, you probably make the switch to where James Hurst takes over at left tackle and then Andrew Speed takes over at left guard, which I will say again, I think is a bad call. I think you keep Trevor Penning in at left tackle. And if you're going to commit to him to develop in the passing game, then you might as well commit to him to develop in the thing that you already know he's been good at throughout his lifetime, which is the run game. So I don't know, but that's just me. I don't get paid to make those decisions. I just get paid to criticize them uh, or celebrate them. Uh, But that's just me poking fun. All right, y'all. Very much appreciate everybody for coming through. Uh, for this live episode, whether you're coming through live or you're coming through later, I appreciate you very much making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Let me tell you what's coming up for the rest of the week. So tomorrow morning, the game plan, the Jackson 5, what do the New Orleans Saints need to do in order to be able to get a win against the Houston Texans? We're going to break that all down. Game plan. That's tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, probably around 5.30 or so, we're going to go live again, get you all the updates, including game designations, what happened in practice, all that good stuff. We'll hit it. And then Saturday morning, in case you missed it, all of my biggest takes from the week, all tidied up in a nice little bow for you. Five big takes from the week, all in one episode to get you ready for Sunday's game against the Houston Texans. And then I'll be live at NRG Stadium after the game to let you know how everything went, win or lose. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.